You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Tuesday edition. That means we've got the two-minute warning coming up today. Your questions, two minutes on each question about each division in the NFL. And, of course, we've got to review Monday Night Football. It's big news coming from Miami, just breaking. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football, watching. Brian Peacock at BD Peacock on Twitter. The scout, Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. Do you want to go to the breaking news, Matt, first before we yeah, get those Monday Night Football games? It's yeah, it's huge. Yeah. And the the Tua era is upon us. He, he <laughs> had a couple of snaps. He's... He's a hundred percent passer, Matt. I don't know how you could keep him on the bench. Two for two so far <laughs> right, in his career. Tua Tagovailoa is now officially the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins and Fitz as well as he has played, and he he did a good job fending Tua off for six weeks. Miami Dolphins at three and three in the playoff hunt, but Fitz now goes to the bench, and they're going with the rookie and Tua. How do you feel about that? Yeah, we we kind of touched on it yesterday, and. Frankly, as we were having the conversation, I sort of brushed it off and just kind of thought, hey, they're three and three. Seven teams go to the playoffs. Fitz is playing pretty well. And I thought about it since then. And Fitz got a little lucky yesterday, too. I mean, if he wasn't playing the Jets, that might not gone quite as well. I mean, he still puts the ball in harm's way a lot. And the fact that we saw Tua on the field for the first time, as a pro, I mean, no preseason. He's healthy. You know, I mean, I guess I remember when that was a concern. What about his, all his injuries, this guy? I mean, well, he's obviously healthy. And I don't care what he did in that game. I mean, he completed a couple passes with a minute left in the game. Who cares? But he's a great prospect. And we're seeing Herbert and Burrow play really, really well. So the future starts now. I'm cool with it. You know, what's funny is Fitz still has a better QBR than Tua because of those short they were just two short passes, even though he's 100%. Uh, that's how well Tua's played this year. And he's completing 70% of his passes. We haven't seen that signature bad Ryan Fitzpatrick game where he throws a bunch of picks yet. I mean, he does have seven interceptions, which is too many, but he hasn't gone crazy in that regard. Mm-hmm. He's had more, many more good games than bad games, and he's kept the Dolphins in it. And the Dolphins, the Dolphins don't have a ton of skill talent on offense either. So that's also even more impressive for what Ryan Fitzpatrick has done and and honestly it's it's impressive that he held him off this long and when we had that conversation yesterday I talked about it. I was like look if I had to choose one the rest of the season you got to go to Tua like you have to go to Tua eventually and if you want to make a playoff run Tua's got to be a quarterback at some point you can't make this change in week 15 if you're about to make the playoffs so you got to make it now and hope that Tua can get you there yeah and, and maybe he can I mean I'm sure he'll have rookie moments Burrow and Herbert have as well But big picture, and I really think the Dolphins, with this regime, with this coach, Flores, have done a great job of thinking big picture, building to own this division a year or so from now. And, I mean, that's the goal, obviously. This is the right move. I mean, not that you were going to draft a quarterback or anything anyway, but you still need to know what this guy can do as an extended starter, as the man, getting all the reps in practice, 
that's a big thing to me too that people don't talk about that there aren't that many reps in the in the course of a week for an NFL quarterback and it was like legendary that Peyton Manning's backups would get like two snaps all week because he wants everyone <laughs> he can get you know I mean now if Tua can get 80 percent of those practice reps as opposed to maybe 30 or 40 or you know whatever it was before I'm sure you got mo- more than most backups you're just going to get better right and essentially playing Fitzpatrick is somewhat short-sighted because this makes yeah. the Dolphins better longer and they have a, a a fuller evaluation just in case they do have the Houston Texans first round pick. And well, what if they end up with the number one pick and they've got an insane decision on their hands? So they do have to know as much as they, they can about Tua. Uh, so interesting Tua Tagovailoa is now the starter for ever for a while, at least for, yeah, forever. for the Miami dolphins. And they can't go back either. That's the other thing. You can't go back and forth. So they waited as long as they could. They've got to believe that he is fully ready and can handle this. And, and now he's the guy. Yeah. I'm sure he's been impressive in practice. No concerns about health. We knew he was a great prospect. Um, it all adds up. I mean, it, it's it's time, I'm, I suppose. I don't look at just the straight-up standings often enough, and, and I wanted to look at where Miami was just to see how good of a shot they actually have to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to overtake the Buffalo Bills, even though they're only one game back in the East from winning, winning the division. Maybe they still can go on a run, and they've been really impressive the last two weeks. But, I mean, Pittsburgh and Baltimore and Cleveland and... Tennessee and Indianapolis and the Chiefs and the Raiders all have better records right now than the Miami Dolphins. So it was still an uphill climb to make the playoffs. Uh, I, I like- think that's only seven teams you mentioned. Like right now, the, the Dolphins number eight. I mean, seven go. Are they, I mean... Eight, nine. So yeah, dolphins winners. are dolphins are nine. So actually, yeah, oh, they're uh, nine. With, okay. with all the names I mentioned, it felt like a lot. There's still only two there games out of the lot, wild card. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right, right. No, that's a good point. But I don't think they're a playoff roster. You know, I mean, I think that, again, big picture thinking, trying to build a dynasty, not just get in the playoffs this year. It's probably the right move. And my hunch is everyone sits there and watches practice and wears a Dolphins uniform all week going, we can't wait to see this guy in a game. How about this little nugget in the AFC East? Point differential. The Dolphins are the only team that has a plus point differential on the season. Wow. The Jets are Which, minus 110 points on the year. The Patriots are minus one point on the year. The East leading Buffalo Bills are minus 12. The Miami Dolphins are plus 47. Wow. A couple of Dolphins, blowouts. The Bills are minus. Bills are a minus. I mean, which obviously yeah. brings us to last night, but things haven't gone so well for the Bills of late, but that's impressive by Miami. That's impressive. They have, they've had a couple of blowouts the last two weeks, and it helps playing the Jets, uh, you know, a couple times yeah, a year to, to do that. But, um, yeah, that's a perfect segue into... That's a big analytics thing. I, I keep interrupting you today. I'm oh, sorry. sorry. No, go. That's a big analytics thing. When you play a terrible team, good teams kill them. You know, it, it's not like, oh, we got out of New York with the win. And that, that's a big football outsiders things over the years is good teams when they play garbage crush them and that's what Miami did and to that point actually we'll use this as a teaser to get into those Monday night football games because we've got to talk Chiefs Bills and we've got to talk Cardinals Cowboys here's a note from our buddy Chris Raybon of the Action Network that we talk to every Thursday when we're doing our best bets for the upcoming Sunday games the Dallas Cowboys have now joined the New York Jets as the only team to be 0-6 against the spread this season. Wow. And, and I think that's perfect when you mention the Jets because teams aren't just beating them. They're blowing them out. So you almost can't make the number big enough. 
Right, right. I mean, I, I haven't looked at future spreads, but I, I don't know what Vegas does with the Jets. I mean, how much is too much? <laughs> right, yeah, and, and the Cowboys are getting there, right? There you are. Yeah. I mean, that was a miserable performance oh, last night. That was Real miserable. quick, just rewinding on, the, on Miami, you know, I mean, you talked about playing an old quarterback and building for the future. Well, the Jets are trotting out Joe Flacco and Frank Gore. You know, like, what is there to get excited about? <laughs> that's uh, that's a great point. That's that is <laughs> such an amazing team in the way they're put together. If you're Joe Douglas, I ride Adam Gase and Greg Williams all the way to the to the to an own sixteen season. There's no way I make They'll a change there. there. Right. We've seen we've seen too many bumps. We saw the Falcons. We saw the Texans. The worst thing the Jets can do right now is make a change at head coach. And win a game accidentally. That would be the worst possible scenario for the Jets. Go 0-16. That is the goal. You're 100% right. I mean, I know that sounds like like we're making a joke. We're not. No, I, I not mean, at all. And to take it a step further, I would cut Frank Gore and I would cut Flacco. Like, I don't care whose else is on my roster. These two can't take snaps away from somebody else. Yeah, somebody you're trying to develop, even if they're the last guy on the roster next right. year. Because they shouldn't be a part of what you're trying they to build They should never there. be on the field. Uh, well, maybe quarterback, just because maybe that helps develop the wide receiver. You know, you don't want uh, someone yeah. that can't complete a pass at quarterback, and then <laughs> that doesn't help that. you develop your wide receivers. But Frank Gore, I mean, there's got to be a team out there with the attrition rate at running back that could, you know, maybe even drop you a seventh round conditional draft pick or something for Frank Gore to get him out of there. And, and draft picks should also be the number one thing here at the deadline for the Jets trading just about anybody who's not going to be a big part of the future. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe you don't even have to take it that far. Maybe he's a wonderful locker room guy, which he is by all account. But if Frank Gore ever sees the field, I'm going to find you. You know, I'm going to I'm going uh, to blow up your car. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to fire you, but I'm going to do something bad to you. Isn't it amazing that Frank Gore plays on a team with the coach from Bounty Gate that was telling his players, I'm going to give you money, essentially, if you injure Frank Gore if you remove the head the body will die was the quote from Greg yeah. Williams about Frank Gore it's amazing that Gore plays for that team now too how about that yeah what could go wrong all right Monday night football review coming up and then we'll touch on every division so long ago, in the, the NFL way. oh that was yeah 2000 was that 2012 wow it feels like yeah. forever ago. yeah that was a while ago all right more coming up Peacock and Williamson this football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. A refreshing sidekick for whichever game you're most focused on. I personally, paying a little extra close attention now, got some more skin in the game this season with us keeping track of our picks on the Peacock and Williamson podcast every week. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day to become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Let's start in Buffalo, Matt. The Chiefs beating the Bills 26-17. This was a massive Clyde Edwards-Hilaire game. 26 carries for 161 yards, and he got involved uh, in the passing game a little bit with four catches. Not a huge impact there, but for... For a 5-1 and one team in Kansas City with the best player in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes, they haven't even had to lean on big-time Patrick Mahomes games yet this year where he's slinging it around all everywhere. There have been a little bit of an efficient, almost dink-and-dunk type offense going on in Kansas City right now and, and heavily with the running game this week. Yeah, it, it's really interesting because that even started in week one. You know, I mean, yep. it used to be 
that Andy Reid would run the ball eight, nine, ten times in the first half, go into the half up 17, and then lean on the run to close it out. This year, I mean, again, starting in week one, and I thought, boy, it's maybe it's because you scout all week, all year, all offseason, and the Texans' run defense is so bad, you're just going to make that you know, your focal point for this week. And I, obviously the weather had a lot to do with it last night. I mean, the passing games weren't crisp for either team. There was a lot of weather and wind and precipitation. But they are playing differently this year. I mean, there's no question about it. I don't take it as a bad thing. I just kind of think of it as an experiment to some degree. And in the end, I, I think a big reason is, I mean, just to cut to the chase, their defense is good, but it needs protected. I mean, it's good when they play 22 minutes of defense like they did last night. If they lose the time of possession battle to a team like the Raiders that runs the ball like crazy, then the defense starts to wear down because it's a thin defense. So it makes some sense, but they are neutering Mahomes a little bit, which is amazing. Yeah, I think it was a couple of years ago or a couple of weeks ago against Baltimore was the one game that Mahomes kind of went off and put this huge fantasy week up and four touchdown passes at 350 yards. And even in the, the game they lost against Las Vegas, he wasn't great. He didn't play awesome in that mm-hmm. game. And, and that was his only interception so far this year in that week two game against Las Vegas. 15 to one interception, touchdown to interception ratio so far this year. So efficiency for Patrick Mahomes. Yes. As for the Bills. I was, I'm a big football outsiders fan. And last week they put out staggering numbers for all AFC teams or shocking things for all AFC teams. And it was on ESPN.com. And then how, what they wrote up about the bills was dead on was they were shocked about every aspect of the 2020 bills. And I hundred percent agree. They were shocked how good Allen is. They were shocked how bad the bills run Uh, offense was and they were shocked that this was a bottom third run defense so in essence the thing we counted on least the quarterback was really the only massive strength when this team was four and oh but it was a massive massive strength and a game like last night where Allen throws for 122 yards and I'm not beating up on Allen I mean he's just not an MVP type guy anymore he's turned the corner in my opinion they're gonna get beat you know times are not great for the Bills right now I, we have to give some credit to the Kansas City defense, yeah. too. Uh, and, man, the, the Bills couldn't get their running game going at all. Josh Allen was the they leading rusher with 42 yards. And Singletary, yeah, only 3.2 yards per carry on his 10 carries. Zach Moss, they got him back. And uh, he only had five, 10 yards on five carries. And so um, Kansas City with the, the secondary and some young players there playing really well, uh, along with the uh, the older guy and... Uh, the one who leads the show in the backfield there, and really on, on the entire defense is Tyron Matthews. So um, yeah. I really like what's going on in Kansas City because it seems like, we talked about how Baltimore could turn it on at some point. The Chiefs haven't even shown the kind of juggernaut they could be in the passing game, I think, yet. And they've been a pretty well-rounded, efficient team so far. And and that's kind of scary. And the fact that they can go in and, and have a game like that and go beat a team that you know team people thought might be one of the better teams in the AFC in the Buffalo Bills, um, I think it's impressive. So Kansas City is scary, and that's why they continually stay at the top of Matt Williamson's power rankings. And I don't think defenses, defensive coordinators are going to watch the Chiefs and be like, ooh, we better put eight men in the box. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well said. All right. Uh, we've got to move on to the other Monday night football game, which was a complete stinker by the Dallas Cowboys. So 
Cardinals, and it was almost laughable by the end of the game with the Drake long run and the Christian Kirk 80-yard passing play. The Cowboys flat out cannot play defense. They are an awful team now, and you thought maybe they rally without Dak. Looks very much like it's going in the opposite direction. It's really bad. I mean, first of all, I wanted to let's talk Cowboys first, and I'm not going to ignore the Cardinals. Their defense all year has had a lot of mental breakdowns, communication problems, and I rarely say this on any kind of airwaves, but effort problems. I mean, they don't run to the ball. They don't, you know, their effort isn't great. They do not, uh, you know, they, they dog it a lot. And I have a hard time criticizing coaches and especially assistant coaches because I've been in buildings and sometimes it's not their fault. But this Mike Nolan hire doesn't look good at all, to say the least. I mean, he was out of the game for a couple of years, comes in in a COVID situation, restructures the whole defense, and we're seeing the results. I mean, their talent is bad, but it's not horrible. I mean, they can rush the passer. They got Vander Esch back and Jalen Smith, and their secondary is not good, but it shouldn't be laughable i mean you know people just running for long runs and long gains at the end of the end of the game (laughs) who cares you know i mean like (laughs) it shouldn't be to that level and then on offense newsflash andy dalton is not Dak prescott and never will be he'll be okay at best and then they lose zach martin like this line is a nightmare it's pretty unbelievable, and I think you're right to question the effort because there were parts in that game, especially where they were, they had pretty much given up. Like the Cowboys were yeah. so cooked, and that last run, the the Kenyon Drake one, was just like, come on, come on, have some pride. 164 yards on the ground for Kenyon Drake. Uh, everybody ate in that game. Here's the here's the thing that sticks out to me though when you when you look at the Cardinals and they played really well, and I like the Cardinals' improvement on defense. I think is the number one key for that team, and obviously the quarterback and Kyler Murray and how difficult it is to defend him sometimes he looks like he's like somebody's son got on the field right with because you just don't he's see so it's, little it's shocking you don't see quarterback like yeah. our entire lives we're used to six foot five big quarterbacks right and a six two quarterback is even kind of small the way he runs around with his short little legs and it's just something that teams don't see in the nfl and it's amazing that trying to watch grown men corral him is is, is pretty fun to watch but he's only nine of 20 he's sonic the hedgehog yes very good I love that. He's That is perfect. He's only nine of 24 <laughs> throwing the ball, though. So that's something that uh, that they need to improve on there. And he had a bunch of big plays. So the numbers look pretty good at the end. And he didn't turn the ball over like he had a couple times this year. But efficiency passing, I think, is something where Kyler Murray and the Cardinals can still improve. The Cardinals are good enough to compete. The Cowboys are one of the worst teams in the NFC and still in first place in the NFC East. I don't even know what to think about that division. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that they are in first place. I think the Eagles are playing the best football in the division, but that's not saying much. I wanted to mention Buda Baker. They, they, uh, they highlighted him a lot last night on the broadcast, rightfully so he was super impressive, but to your point about Murray, I mean, or Sonic, call him whatever you want. They scored 38 points, and he completed nine passes. Nine, <laughs> nine passes. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that said for that, um, not necessarily in a positive way. You mentioned Buda Baker. Uh, Byron Murphy, too, was all over the place, and mm-hmm. they were targeted heavily and making plays, and um, you'd love to see that for their, for their defense. The, they get the, some good young pieces. 
We're going to talk a lot more about the Cowboys here when we get to our two-minute warning. In fact, I've got a special game show set up for you, Matt. Are you ready for this? Okay. All right. So coming up, Matt Williamson, the contestant on a brand new game show on our two-minute warning. We'll try to touch on every division in the NFL. Peacock and Williamson. Did you know chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? Not rockauto.com. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. And I heard a fantastic pro tip from my guy Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. With winter coming, get those wiper blades fixed. It's easy as can be. You go find your make, your model, order up some wiper blades, the rubber blades, they just go fit, they slide right in, takes two seconds to change your own blades. Be safe this winter in bad weather. You don't want your messed up wiper blades scratching up your window, messing up your car, cost you money in the long run. Go to rockauto.com. Keep you and your family safe out there on the road. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts, your car, will ever need at rockauto.com. What is your daily wall? Is it mental? Is it physical? You need a little pick-me-up in the afternoon? You need a little something to power you through the back nine? Well, Built Go is exactly what you need. Protein with energy. My wall is usually someplace in between my first and my final podcast that I post every single day. And it's easy to break through that wall with Built Go. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like an energy drink without the same crash feeling because it's natural and it's better for your body. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Fast absorbing gets into your system quickly and it's easy on the stomach. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your energy. Beta alanine, B vitamins, honey, and a little kick of caffeine. Go to BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. I want to start with this, Matt, because we're looking at the Cowboys who are 2-4, and and they are not a good football team right now without Dak Prescott. By the way, how much money did Dak Prescott make last night? Oh, right. It's great when people make money from not being on the field. Yeah, when they pretty amazing. Prove their cause while sitting on their couch, obviously rehabbing, and he's not happy about it. But I love when when people realize their worth once they're gone. Matt, you are the contestant on a new game show. I am the host, and this was uh, Terry had a question here about if a certain team would win the NFC East, and I thought, why stop there? Yeah, I like this. This is going to be, would blank win the NFC East? I'm going to throw teams your way. You tell me if they were in the NFC East, if they would win that division in 2020. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm very ready. I like this game. All right. The question originally was the Carolina Panthers. Would the Carolina Panthers right now, currently they are at two, or no, they're at three and three right now. So they'd they'd be a game up right now on the Cowboys. Would the Carolina Panthers win the NFC East? I want to preface this game by saying I think Washington and the Giants stink, but I think both are playing hard, especially the Giants. I give them a little bit of credit. I think Dallas is a disaster, and if the Zach Martin injury is big, I don't think that they 
I don't know if they'll win six games when, when it's all said and done, but I do think the Eagles best days are ahead of them. So I just want to say that, like if you can get any kind of odds in Vegas for the Eagles to win the division, I would put money on it because I think Wentz is playing great. Miles Sanders is only out a week or so. They're getting some weapons back. They still have their D line. They've played some good teams really strong, but they're, you know, they don't have a good record, obviously, but I do think the best is yet to come win loss wise for the Eagles Panthers. I'm going to say no, uh, but it's close. I mean, again, they would have a game up or a game and a half, or I guess a game up on Dallas, but I really think that um, all these conversations to me are, can you beat Philly in the East? And I'm going to say no, because I have some faith in the Eagles and I just think that Panthers D is going to have a long year and they're showing some really good signs, but when a couple injuries hit and whatnot, I, I could see that being a problem, but Hey, Christian McCaffrey comes back. That's a good one. That's a coin flip. Who do you pick in that one? Yeah. I'm taking the Panthers in that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My answers might all be yes in this, by the way, let's see, let's see how far we could go to get yeah. a resounding no that they wouldn't win the East, by the way, point differential. Only division in football, every team is negative. The best team is the Great. Philadelphia Eagles with a minus 34-point differential in the season. The NFC West, the only division where everyone's on the plus side. Adds up. And the West is playing the East, oh, by the way. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> this year, yeah. Would the Las Vegas Raiders win the NFC East? Yes, yes. Would I the mean, Denver Broncos at 2-3, and three, currently they would actually be no. leading the East, would they win the East? No. Their defense would be as good as any group in the East, basically. Well, Dallas's offense. But Drew Locke, uh, I can't say Drew Locke's going to outdo Carson Wentz. Would the Cleveland Browns win the NFC East? Oh, yeah. Would the New England? The the Browns got embarrassed this past week. But if they were a stock, I would buy them right now because it just tanked after Sunday. Yeah. But they're not bad. The New England Patriots currently under 500 for the first time since 2001 after five games. Would they win the NFC East? Did you say New England? New England, yeah. Yes. Belichick would would win that division. Here's a couple tough ones. Would the Houston Texans at one and five, would they win the NFC East? They would only be one game out right now. Hmm. I'm going to say no because I have eagle faith, and maybe that is blind by me and goes back to the offseason too much. But that's a good one. I mean, Houston's not nearly as bad as their record at all. I mean, as, as the quote bad teams go, they're the best one. How about the Atlanta Falcons at one and five? After we saw from them what they looked like after a new head coach, is that a one week? a change in attitude that that fixed the Atlanta Falcons, or could they win some games with the Atlanta Falcons, who have a better point differential, by the way, for the season than any team in the NFC East? Would they win that division? I think yes. I think that's a good offense. I think the defense isn't as hideous as people think. I'm going to say yes. I think we had this question earlier in the season. It was asked if any, if every NFC West team would win the NFC East. I think that's a resounding yes right now, so I'm not even going to put that yeah. your way. How about every team in the NFC North, specifically looking at the Lions at 2-3 and three and the Vikings at 1-5? and five? I'm going to say no. If you ask me Lions and Vikes, I think I have to say no to both those teams. 
I have a little bit of hope for Detroit going forward, but they just beat the Jags, who are terrible. Um, I think the Eagles are better than those teams. A current last place team right now at one and four, the Justin Herbert led Los Angeles Chargers. Will they win the East? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with yes, but I feel like I'm killing coaches today. I, th- I think Anthony Lynn would get them to the point where they needed to win a Week 17 game and they would lose it by one point somehow to not win the division. The New York Jets. <laughs> no. No, okay. Uh, how about the Cleveland, uh, no, the Cincinnati Bengals? I, was, I didn't think you'd bring up the Bengals. I think that's a better conversation than people want to talk about. I mean, they play everyone tight. I think they're ascending. I'm going to say no, but... I think they'd come in second. Well, all these teams we're talking about, aside from the Jets, are only a game out anyway, so they're not that far yeah. off. Uh, that's how bad everyone's playing right now in the NFC East. And by the way, I'm going to throw this out there. What? How about this for a comeback story? They're one and five right now, one game out of first place in the NFC East. What if the Washington football team, with the comeback player of the year, Alex Smith, Made a made a run and somehow ended up being you know seven and nine, six and ten maybe is all it takes to win that division and goes on and makes the playoffs. How about that for a storyline? It'd be glorious. Uh, I'm not buying it. <laughs> I what if the you could? I think the Giants have a better chance to be that team than the, than Washington. Really, I, I I like some of the pieces on the defensive line for Washington uh, to be able oh, yeah. to to sustain. St- I mean, they, they look so similar when you look at the record, when you look at point differential, um, when you see them play each other. It was a one-point game that Riverboat Ron lost the, the two-point conversion at the end, so they're very close. Hard to argue. I think I would buy Washington this year with competent quarterback play versus what uh, New York has been looking like with their young quarterback. Yeah. I just think that... I think the Giants are almost like a year ahead of Washington roster wise in terms of development but that makes me sound like i like daniel jones and i don't really like daniel jones well since we've asked every team in the league so far let's do the last one which is the jacksonville jaguars at one and five would they win the nfc east no in fact i think they'd come in last in the east wow okay okay yeah now we're talking the jets and the jags i think would come in last in the east that was fun that was a fun game show matt i think you won some (laughs) money you won for sure that was good. I mean, I'm sure we'll get some feedback, but it, it, I just have a little bit of Eagles faith. I mean, I think they've played some really good teams quite well the last three, four weeks, and they're getting some offensive players back sooner than later. They got a bye coming up. I, I think, you know, or in a long week after this Thursday, they should beat the Giants on Thursday. I think the Eagles are uh, easily the front runner in that division. I'm buying that. I'll, I'll buy the Eagles as the, the winner in that division. It almost has to be mm-hmm. at this point. Almost has to be right. All right. A few more questions here on the two minute warning that we've got to get to. Let's start with Andrew. He says, are the Bengals in danger of turning Burrow into the next David Carr? He's getting killed every week. Can't be good for his development. It's a worry. There's no doubt about it. Um, I really have faith in Burrow, the human being, though, the toughness. Um, a lot of guys, Aikman, Manning, had similar rookie years where it was just a nightmare and rebounded and were able to, you know, turn it around. And if they can add, you know, Penny Sewell or one of those type of stud offensive linemen to the mix next year, 
I, I think he's rookie. He gets the ball out of his hands pretty quick. Uh, I, I, I'm not. It, it's something to talk about, but I have faith in the player. I have more faith in the player than I do the organization. There's a couple other fantasy questions here. Maybe we'll work these two into tomorrow's stock yeah, up, stock should. down segment. Here's the last one I'm going to throw your way, Matt, uh, in the AFC East. This one from Timmy. He says, with two of the starter, could Ryan Fitzpatrick trade to Dallas be in the works? Hmm. Hmm. I th- you've mentioned several times that Fitz could be on the move. We know that they value draft picks a lot. I guess a conversation is what could you get for him? Who would want him? Bears. Uh, it would have to be someone with a contending team and a questionable quarterback situation. And does Fitz have value in making Tua better? You know, just being in the room with them, a sounding board, a, an intermediate between the coaching staff and the young player. Uh, I wouldn't just dump him for a seventh round pick to get him out of the building, so to speak. I bet that he's useful. There was there was some talk this morning when the Tua the Tua news came out that maybe there was already a trade that had been consummated, so that's why they pulled him. You know, sort of like when you pull a, a pitcher out of a baseball game because yeah, they've been right, traded right. and you don't want him to get hurt or anything like that. I could totally see that being a possibility, but I think you nailed it. Even if you get a draft pick back, it could be a net loss if Ryan Fitzpatrick just being in the quarterback room with Tua. I mean that that has to be something that would help Tua the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. You would use his money elsewhere, too. I mean, he makes decent money. He's been illegal on time. But remember we talked about Jerry not liking things from the booth, from yeah. the, the box in the <laughs> yeah. Cowboy game? Maybe he's like, go get Fitz. I don't, I'll give you a fourth-round pick. I don't care. Something needs to change around here. This is making me crazy. You know, I, I could absolutely maybe. see that. Yep. Yes. I bet he's not happy. Angry Jerry. Angry Jerry does things. He doesn't just sit on his hands. That is very true. All right. Good stuff, Matt. Thanks, everybody, for all the questions. We'll we'll work a couple more into tomorrow's Wednesday Stock Up, Stock Down episode right here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show.